Yeah, we, you know, we view content as just being critical to our platform. We've got Game Pass growing very fast. We're over 15 million subscribers. As you mentioned, we've got consoles. We're going into pre-order for our next generation of consoles tomorrow. Uh, we've launched xCloud last week into our Game Pass subscription so people can play our games on their mobile phones. Content is just foundational to what we do. And with this move, we double the number of content creators we have inside of Xbox, which you think is a great move for the Xbox community. Clearly, our commitment with this move is that Xbox and PC and people playing on xCloud and Game Pass will get ZeniMax's games. So the collection of Bethesda Studios will be coming to Xbox and Xbox Game Pass. And that's just a huge commitment from us. In terms of other platforms, I think we'll make a decision on a case-by-case -case basis. But this is really a move to just show the strong commitment to the Xbox community that great games will be coming. Uh, welcome everyone to an emergency episode of the Nerd Otaku Gaming Podcast. I'm Robin. I'm here with my co-host as usual, Dennis. Hey everyone. Uh, yeah, emergency stuff. We There's news, guys. There's news. <laughs> and alongside us, we've got a special guest, a major Xbox fan and influencer, Kevin Tembo. How's it? How's it, everyone? Uh, Kevin Kembo here, also known as Kevin Legend 512. And yeah, I'm honored to be on the podcast. It's great to have you, especially for an episode where we're talking about more Xbox news. So, you know, it's only fitting that you'd be here. And in case, you know, you've been under a rock, Microsoft made a very, very big announcement. Big enough for us to record even though we just uploaded an episode today that <laughs> announcement is that they are they have purchased zenimax media for 7.5 billion dollars so if you don't know who zenimax media are they're a media group and publisher who own a number of gaming studios including bethesda id software tango gameworks arcane studios uh, which other ones do they have those are i think those are the major um. ones <laughs> if you if you don't know which franchises some of these studios are behind they include the elder scrolls fallout doom wolfenstein or wolfenstein i'm sorry dishonored mm -hmm and many more many more evil such as within. the evil oh, within yep. prey the upcoming games such as star starfield but you know in terms of major ones there's plenty they've even got some upcoming new ip like uh death loop which oddly enough <laughs> is, was negotiated <laughs> to release on playstation but you know we'll come to that but <laughs> This is, you know, not only have they acquired the studios, they've acquired the IP. So they all, they have full ownership over those, you know, over those franchises going forward. In terms of studio capacity, uh, previously, before this acquisition, Xbox Game Studios was sitting at 15 game studios compared to uh, the around 13 or 14, which uh, PlayStation Studios have. After this acquisition, they are standing at 23 studios. 25. 25? 
No, I think they added seven. Yeah, yeah but uh, for, anyway, from what I've read, because uh, they had eight in 2018, the first time when they started acquiring studios. And uh, after this acquisition, it's, it's at 25. It's at 25? That, like, yeah, it's at 25. Yeah, so they've got 25 working studios. And, you know, let's talk about it. What does this mean going forward for Xbox Game Studios? I I would just Mm. like to say that I've, for me, and and I've said this many times, I am more of a fan of the game industry than video games. And as long as I've followed gaming news and the industry, this is the biggest thing I have ever seen. I did not expect it to happen. I don't think people understand how earth-shattering this is. This is hey, weren't you around when Sega like, went third party? I mean, I I, I did see Sega go away though, because like the Dreamcast failed, so they you know, like they fell off. So you could kind of see that happening. Like it was seeing Shenmue on Xbox was like, okay, it has to be somewhere. You know, like Shenmue has to be somewhere. So that wasn't as earth shattering as this because this is a whole publisher. Like it had me like yeah. reading mm-hmm. like law stuff. Like, is this legal? Like, <laughs> cause it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's not just studios. Bethesda are a publisher. They've actually said that, you know, even post acquisition, they'll still be publishing the games under their name, but you know, that just goes to show the how monumental this sort of thing is. Before, when you think of acquisitions, you think, oh, we'll buy the studio and then, you know, we'll add them, add funds to them and whatever. But now you're buying a whole publishing wing who've got their own pipeline for distribution via retail. They had their own company structure, which would spread across all the studios and now it's like you've got all that as kevin i think you posted something that bethesda you know they were a private company but they were one of them who would have their own e3 conference the one of the you know like uh okay obviously they're not as big as maybe ea or ubisoft but then the fact that they had their own conference just shows how 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 huge they are as a publisher you know what i mean and if you look at the studios under under their belt, like you mentioned them, I mean, this is massive. If if going forward, um, looking at how much, the, because on Twitter right now, there's the debate of whether or not going forward, like not uh, excluding the titles that they release, but the ones coming up, whether there will be exclusives for Xbox. You know what I mean? There's that whole debate. But I think them paying $7.5 billion, I don't think... Um, they're doing it just so they can say, oh, you can play them on Game Pass day one. Right. I feel um, they, they're trying to hit uh, Sony where it hurts because we all know Sony's like, selling point is, is the exclusives. And if Microsoft can finally say, oh, look, you can only play this game if you, are, if you have an Xbox, um, I, I genuinely feel that's the main reason why they've, they've done what they've done. And uh, this is really, this is huge for the gaming industry. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that goes into like, you know, people are saying, no, this is big for Xbox because, oh, Xbox now has the superior first party pipeline. They've got 
higher quantity of first party games their first party games are going to sell more next year because of stuff like Elder Scrolls so it's like oh now not only do Xbox Xbox have definitive services and whatever they've also got the best first party studios in the world and um, but you know of course people are always going to debate that so i i guess do you think do you guys think that xbox has the best, have the best first party studios in the world after this yeah i like i think i it's hard to say but like when you look at it value wise like across like Kevin said across the board yeah it's like it's a kind of do you know like if you think about it like say an arcane studios right like a, a, a dishonor the prey type immersive sim and then you've got your Skyrim Fallout type game and then you've got your uh, Tango Gameworks, you know, Ghostwire Protocol, even within 3. That's a huge uh variety, you know, like it's not just yeah. uh, you know the Twitter uh guy, is it Sunhi Legends? Yeah, yeah. You've he seen his like fantastic clips, things. Yes. Yeah, he makes gifs. But have you noticed how there's a format to the quote unquote Sony game? You know, like he can make when he like combines them together they even like blend into each other i personally you know don't I mean? agree with that because you know that's like saying oh you control somebody in the third person and production values are high therefore games look the same which they have they've got different enough I settings mean, for me to I mean it's it's reductive but it is still a character with a companion in third person doing a thing in a story based game that's the sony game like that's what it's reductive it's super super reductive it's super reductive i'm not saying i know it's very different but it's super reductive but that's the sony game like if you're buying a sony yeah. game it's a character with a companion in a story based game doing a thing but if you look at what xbox has now it's like okay first person rpg uh third person rpg you've got a third person horror game you've got you know sports game. like dude it's everything it's racing games it's huh. like if right. if if you line up 100 people and you throw ex- xbox exclusives at them it's going to hit every one of those but if you line up 100 people who want sony stuff and then you throw them, like if even if you're not into third person um single player story based games story mode games sony yeah, yeah st- uh, sony stuff doesn't appeal to you i know a lot of you know like say um Sony Alaki cuz like they get like the that. yeah they get the weeb audience cuz they have the JRPGs but imagine if the JRPGs went on Sony like that audience would not exist for them so i do think that in terms of variety it's a big get what do you think mm, it's hard to say like you know <laughs> if i because i can speak from a personal lens the only Bethesda you know I'm not actually very into western RPGs. The western RPG I like a lot is like The Witcher and that's like the most mainstream western RPG. I never got into stuff like Fallout or or Elder Scrolls <coughs> and what not. So for me the biggest game I was a fan of at Bethesda's is Doom. Doom. Mm-hmm. I love Doom. I love Doom Eternal. Those games are amazing. They speak to what I like in video games, you know. got great music a big focus on some very interesting gameplay mechanics and gameplay loops 
fun art direction and design you know those games speak to me so it's like oh from a personal lens that's the big loss but from a commercial lens the two big ones obviously but i'll say three big ones is elder scrolls fallout and starfield which you know it's an upcoming game mm-hmm. mm, those are probably going to be like bethesda's three major selling games and even if those don't do well critically arcane id software these games tango gameworks they put out games which are which have like you know they can become cult classics stuff like prey sold terribly but it's like people still revere prey as one of the best games dishonored dishonored sold awful but you there's that prestige microsoft have got with this acquisition they've bought a level of prestige and they've bought a level of commercial success which which few other publish which few other studios would have been able to give them it's like a, it's a it's a win on every front it is it is um for me like how i i guess we'll come to this uh we don't really have a structure because it's an emergency podcast but the, the first thing that i thought of was how does it feel to be a fan of doom and your playstation and the the third game you don't have access or someone like me who's a big fan of wolfenstein and that's a very heavy story like story game and the third game which is going to be super important at the conclusion no access that's insane man like what's going to happen <laughs> you have to buy an xbox simple yeah and i think that's that's this is what xbox this is what microsoft want they want you to buy the xbox because i mean guys 7.5 billion dollars that's 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 a lot that's a lot of money oh. i know it's a publisher and the tons of studios they're buying with it at the end of the day but yeah um i feel they just want to get as many people shifting to the xbox i mean just um just in in the group in the ultimate gamers group robin i'm sure you've seen someone like uh dollars who's a huge um fan of elder scrolls and and fallout he's saying if he has to have access to the next game he's going to have to move to the the new xbox now you can imagine how many uh i mean these are games with, with cult followings how many more gamers who have that mindset of saying okay you know what fine this the only way that I'll be able to play this game is to move and that way Sony obviously are going to boost how many consoles they'll sell maybe not at launch but you know in the long run so i feel this acquisition is 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 more of a long term thing because they've made it clear that the titles that they've uh, already announced and what not will still come to the other consoles as they've put it you know Yeah yeah. And you know the I I guess I'll play devil's advocate for a minute here with regards to you know why certain people I don't believe it myself that they will bring future games to PlayStation. I've heard an argument people are making maybe as a coping mechanism is that no only the small <laughs> games will be Xbox exclusive but the big ones like Elder Scrolls and Fallout will still come to multi-platform because Microsoft would be leaving too much money on the table. Okay? That's yeah, the that's ridiculous. That's the argument that's been made as a coping mechanism in my opinion, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe 
is there some truth to it? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because, um, which brings me back to the point that I, you know, was trying to make earlier. If they say that um, those games, those major games, the games with a huge following will still come to PlayStation, then what's the whole point of this acquisition? Well, then we ask, like, you know, the, the precedent is from Minecraft. Minecraft didn't go exclusive after Microsoft paid $2 billion to acquire Mojang. They are still bringing future Minecraft games. So, like yeah, like dungeons, <laughs> expansions. I think with Minecraft, I think with Minecraft the play was, uh, the play with Minecraft was to get people, because Minecraft is not, Minecraft is not a game, man. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a platform, you know, <laughs> like, and, and I mean that, no, for real, like, dude, like Minecraft, Minecraft, dude, if I go into any business meeting as a Taco, Minecraft is like my, my, my crutch. It's like, and games like Minecraft, and everyone goes, yo, yo, Minecraft, Minecraft. Because like, that's what kids use to learn. Like they, they teach Minecraft in schools, like legitimately they use Minecraft <laughs> as like something to teach kids with. It's such a tool that you can't make it exclusive it has to be on everything and then it makes people who it makes kids know what xbox is because it's it's a it's a microsoft thing you've seen so it's a it's like fortnite kind of yeah like so that play is very different it's a very different play from from what i think this one is um the i don't think it makes sense to put the big games on so on the playstation even though it might make more money, uh, this is kind of like you said, Kevin, alluding to the whole hitting Sony where it hurts because this is their business model. They're not going for the subscription business model. They're going for the uh, the marquee exclusive, you know, uh, title, and that's why you're on PlayStation. So if yeah. the big marquee exclusive title is on Xbox. Why should you, a Sony person, stay on Sony? And mind you, you guys, I don't think people may have forgotten. You know what? No, people haven't forgotten. Dudes, there are two games that exist in perpetuity: in perpetuity. Skyrim G- and GTA and 5. GTA 5, yes. Like, <laughs> it's Skyrim, guys. It's Skyrim. You know what I mean? Like, Skyrim was going to come out for PS5 and Xbox Series X. It was. Now it's not going to come on PS5. <laughs> and that game was going to sell again because it's Skyrim. It's less about so, Skyrim but, and the next Elder Scrolls game, though. Yeah, but like just to show you how important that IP is, to, to, to then say, okay, hey, the best example I can give is to say if, if Sony got GTA and said GTA is exclusive, no, it's not going to be an Xbox. That's how big this is, kind of. Like it's it's close to that, so gating it to your own ecosystem is such a power play, and would eventually make them more money in the long run. It's true. Like this is the sort of thing like nobody can you know when Microsoft were buying these studios like Obsidian and Ninja Theory, you know Sony could ignore that, but like something like this. You can't look at that and say, uh, whatever, we'll just continue doing what we're doing. And like, you know, in the short term, we don't know how effective this will be. Because as you guys said, like, 
currently announced games are still going to come to PlayStation. Some of them even with that exclusivity time, whatever. So, you know, PlayStation 5 will still be fine in 2020 and 2021. But in 2022, when stuff like Starfield, uh, sequels to Wolfenstein, sequels to Arcane games, uh, announcements of the new Doom, the new Elder Scrolls, when that starts rolling in alongside, you know, Hellblade 2 and Avowed and all those, you know, that's when there'll be actual problems. For But don't you think, don't you think um, them announcing this, especially a day before when the pre-orders go live, don't you think this could sway uh, someone who was, you know, between the, like on the fence saying, you know what, what console should I get? Um, should I go for the Expo? Should I go for the PS5? Don't you think an announcement like this would sway such a person to go for the Xbox in that, especially a new gamer, let's not forget that people who maybe have never played games before. Because I've seen that in groups where someone would be like, uh, I'm starting out, whatever. So if they come on Xbox and then they subscribe for Game Pass, obviously they'll have access to all these games, you understand? Whereas if they were to get a PS5, they have to start buying games. And we're looking at these guys talking about $70 games when they can come to Xbox and have these games for a subscription fee and they can start playing immediately. You know what I mean? So I think short term as well, it it may have an effect into, you know, uh, like, you know, making people decide, saying, you know what, let me go for the Xbox because in the long run, one, they'll be giving me the exclusives under these studios as well as me being able to access these games right now. Yeah, but you know, then it, that that's definitely, a de- it, it's debatable. Because in my opinion, if if you listen to our podcast the other day, we all said, no, PlayStation is going to run away with it. Especially in the first two years, because their first two years of software are fantastic. And even after that announcement, uh, that hasn't really changed. First two years of software on PlayStation are still going to be really good. They're still going to start really well. The consoles will still be... I mean, they've got a new Spider-Man game coming out. They've got, for 2021, they've scheduled a new Horizon game, new Gran Turismo. In general, next year, their first-party software is still, is, is still very good. But, But I think wait. people people purchase for the future. Like, if you're... These are not, these are not yeah. cheap consoles. These right. are expensive. Right. So, right. as a consumer, you're going to look at this and say, in the future... What is going to get me the most value? Should I get this thing, you know, with the promise of Last of Us 3 and whatever? Or do I get this other thing which has 23 first-party studios and I can just pay $15 a month for all of them, including Skyrim? <laughs> you know, like, and EA Games. Let's not forget, EA was added. That's not a small deal. So EA Play, yes. I think, yeah, like, so... No, I think the, the, the point I'm raising was that, you know, if we came to a conclusion just on uh, Friday, last Friday, that no, most of the stuff Microsoft's done and any missteps Sony have done won't really have an effect 
in the short term, I I'm still of the opinion that in the short term, as big as this is, there will be an effect, but not as material as one would think. The, the ramifications of this are really after year one. What's going however, to However, however, Game Pass subscriptions have gone up by 50%. It's now 15 million from 10. Yeah, 15 million. This is, 15 15 million. This is just in like how many is, months? In a couple of months. And this is because of yeah. the announcements that we made. The same stalker too that you guys are laughing at. Someone looked at that and said, "You know what? Let me subscribe." From ten. Okay. Anyway, anyway I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, wait, we'll wait for the numbers to come out. But you know, as I've said, in the short term, nothing. I don't think you know they'll still have a good first year. They'll, and okay, unless you think in the first year Xbox is going to sell PlayStation, that's the bold take. No, that's you know. no, 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 not outsell PlayStation. But look, let's look at uh, the, this gen, for example. Huh? Xbox, last I checked, was on what? 40 million 50. sales or something? 50. Yeah, it's 50 now. And PlayStation is like quite a few times that, isn't it? It's about double, yeah. Yeah. So you look at that gap as compared to the previous, previous gen, where it was seven like eight, eight. Seven, 80 million. Yeah. And then what we're going to look at is we're not going to look at uh, PlayStation having double the amount of users that Xbox had. This time, if there will be a gap, it will still be there. I still think PlayStation is going to sell more. But I don't think it will be as bad as it was. Oh, yeah. I I think we came to that assumption, even, you know, because of how good Microsoft were even before this acquisition. The gap was never going to be as big. That's why I'm saying that, look, that doesn't change that position. But the long term, that's where things, you know, things might get serious. <laughs> I've got a question. Yeah. Do you think this play, like this announcement, do you think it resonates with a mainstream slash Very casual much. gamer? Or Very is this, much. Or is this a, is this a play for the hardcore gamer? The reason it's why I both. think it's a play, the reason why I think it's a play for the hardcore gamer is because of the Tango Gameworks type thing, you know, like it's an exclusive power play, right? And I think that's for the hardcore gamers is to shut up any of the, PlayStation fanboys will say, where are the video games? Now they're there. And it's games that people know. Remember, I always said, the exclusives are already there for Xbox. I know them, you know them, but that's because we are very hardcore gamers. We know the pedigree of these studios. So what they needed, what they were lacking was pedigree. And with getting Bethesda Softworks and sister companies now they have that pedigree that people know of when they look and say oh i know what skyrim is i know what fallout is i know what doom is and if i don't get those things i'll miss out i think that was the for me in my opinion i think that was the last piece of the puzzle that microsoft was missing and they've finally gotten that piece of the puzzle and i actually believe that it's now going to be uh neck on neck like from the get-go, we're going to start off and it's going to be neck on neck and whoever messes up, loses. Yeah, but then you look, he can say whoever messes up, loses. But I don't know. I think PlayStation still have that advantage because, I mean, the like just the way they handled their pre-order brand you know, power business. Yeah, exactly. They have that brand power, guys. And I, I, I personally, that's why these days are more of an Xbox One boy because it's so not fair how Sony did away with so much. <laughs> you, you know, 
they can fumble the bag they can do whatever but they'll just release a trailer of last of us three people forget they'll release 10 seconds of god of war they'll just release the symbol and everyone forgets about their mishaps that's then that's why i say it's so unfair how sony get away with whatever they do so in as much as you're saying it can be neck and neck yeah quite all right but i don't know at the end of the day the brand power that sony has is just it's just too much from here on out i think xbox should not like you know uh make any mistake whatever they do from from here on out has to be on point has to be solid so i just hope tomorrow goes well for them because if there's Bots. any slight exactly <laughs> <laughs> there's any slight mishap or whatever we all know how sony you know media or whatever it is can spin that around and these guys again will have the one up over 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 microsoft yeah, there's something dennis said that this is acquisition is about prestige i think yeah. there's one thing we forgot to touch on which is really important that's that uh, you know with microsoft's game pass model it's you know it's similar to the netflix model where you need it's content driven you need to be pumping out content every time you need to be pulling out uh putting out new games exclusive games every time you really need to be pumping out content and there was always a question of whether you know uh when they had those 15 studios you know most of those were like smallish studios so people would always question them and say that hey look you can't really achieve what you you can't be the netflix of gaming with this with these studios you have even if you know these are a lot of studios it's not enough but after acquiring a whole publisher with all these new studios i think that's the piece of the puzzle which is completed not the prestige part but the piece of the puzzle in that now they have got a pipeline that that can work they can put out and games and content constantly this yeah. is this no, is I, a, I i agree with you. i didn't think about it that way i didn't think about it that way and i i i can totally see how that would work however i i do think that people forget um these studios when they were acquired like some of the games that have released have released multi platform but now that then the next games like for example say wasteland in exile is is going to be a triple a big budget game the only reason those guys didn't make a triple a big budget game was because they were an indie studio at the time you know mm-hmm. even wasteland 3 just kind of got a bit of a boost it's an indie game but it's like I kind of put it like double a it's still like it's an indie game with a lot of money we've seen <laughs> so now imagine if imagine what they will make when they now that they put all this money so it's the, the content is going to come and it's going to and now i hope they don't saturate themselves you know because netflix has that problem yeah yeah this, actually it does <laughs> yeah th- th- this is you know where, where we lead into another part of the discussion which is the ramifications of this sort of thing for the whole industry industry so will it will, does it start an arms race for example I think so and uh, I, I've always said this <laughs> even I've come into disagreed with Robin mm-hmm. I've always been against exclusives like for me um I know obviously from a business standpoint it's how you sell your consoles yeah quite right 
but then as a consumer um for me to fully enjoy gaming now i have to own like you know so many pieces of of you hardware to, so many look consoles. you just need to own a pc a playstation platform and a nintendo platform that's it no 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 i do not because how am i going to get my achievements anyway fine if i was just a gamer <laughs> like used to play games then yeah that obviously would have made sense but then uh as a, as a, the way it is now i mean especially with these studios now being fully on xbox especially if i was a playstation guy then definitely i would be forced to buy an xbox you know what i mean uh, so i think playstation um i don't know about their finances you guys are more into that stuff i don't know how equipped they are in terms of if they can also acquire they've got 30 billion in cash 30 billion in cash yes that's so they can't compete then then no that's no that's they can't compete with microsoft i'm sorry it's not it's I not a lot and can. the president with a lot of uh it's sony themselves the japanese companies they are very pragmatic even nintendo nintendo got a lot of cash just sitting doing nothing um but they don't japanese companies just don't spend money <laughs> they're very pragmatic yeah. however however uh let's not forget that uh AT&T is still out there trying to ship its ip around uh this is Warner Bros Warner Bros games it's still out there trying to ship that stuff around i believe unless they changed so no, they, that they, might they, be a play. They, they they pulled back they pulled back they pulled back okay so no but you know but it's still like It's still like a viable option if Sony were like, "Oh, you've done that. Okay, let's well, let's yeah. get Warner Brothers games." What's sort of saying about an arms race? Sony have 30 billion in cash. You're bulking. You're saying that's not much because you know it's Microsoft two or trillion dollar company. But yeah, not everybody buys a publishing arm. <laughs> let's say, but that's how they have to retaliate, Robin. No, 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 no. Do something When, as massive. You see, When I say an arms race, uh I, the thing is I'm not only including Sony. That's the thing. Uh, okay. The, uh the past few months there's this company uh they made yeah, the parent studio is THQ Nordic. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Mhm. So THQ yeah. Nordic of late have been let's see in the past 3 years they've made the following acquisitions. Black Forest Games, Bugbear Entertainment, Experiment 101, Gunfire Games, Handy Games, Pieces Interactive and Piranha Bytes. These may not seem like big studios with the exception of uh, Gunfire Games. But like THQ Nordic is not very big compared to a lot of these companies, but they have been buying up studios. They've been stacking up on studios. And you know, if you've been following industry, you notice that This, this seems to be something that's happening where in preparation of the content wars which is you know where everyone is trying to be like Netflix people are trying to secure as much exclusive stuff as possible to you know stuff for yourself and that's why you know I don't only see Sony going out to buy stuff what uh name me a small studio which is kind of independent which you like any which comes to mind City Project Red. <laughs> They're a bit too big, Small. but it's okay. <laughs> project. But yeah, anyway, 
they count. Guys, uh, remedy, yes, remedy, yeah, that's the best example. That's the one. Remedy Entertainment are semi big. They've made games like uh, you know Patrol and all these. So studios like Remedy are not safe. People are going to you know try and buy studios like Remedy at all costs. Bluepoint Games are making this game with uh, Sony Demon Souls. Those sorts of studios, they're like you know. The big publishers, the Ubisofts, the Activisions, EAs, they'll be now sniffing at the chance to get these publishers because of what has started with this acquisition. Now it's going to be like, dang, damn, we have to buy this studio if we want to be able to work with them. Otherwise, somebody else will get them. And then, you know, now that everyone's seeing the money in gaming, Microsoft has made this big investment. Now we're also going to have the likes of Tencent Google and Amazon are probably also going to start buying up studios. And this is what I've, you know, this is one of the long-term ramifications of this sort of acquisition. Why I think this is one of the biggest days in gaming. It started something where, you you know, maybe after 10 years, we're only going to be buying games from four or five publishers because all the publishers are grabbing up all the studios in the attempt to have as much content as possible. I'm... I would like to, I, I would like to interview a few indie devs about what this means because from an indie dev perspective, uh, like I remember Tim Schaefer um, saying fine, yes. for the of Double Fine, like for the first time in many years, he doesn't have to care about finances. Mm-hmm. You know, he's safe. You know what I mean? Like, because it's Microsoft, they'll handle that stuff. And because they're working on Game Pass stuff, they don't have to sell units. That's not the measure. That's not the measuring stick of success. They just need to have content on a certain amount of time. You know, like Netflix doesn't really care that Redbox got 58 score on Rotten Tomatoes. All they care about is that it's a piece of content that had memes and everyone saw it. And then they don't even want you to remember that you saw it. Like, it was just for that little moment. And that's kind of what Game Pass is. is It's going to be content that's spat out, you consume and get the next piece of content. So as a developer, you don't have to worry about how many units you sell, um, like all that headache is gone. So isn't that kind of a good thing for the smaller guy? There's an argument for that as a smaller guy that you don't have to worry about finances, but what happens if Capcom get bought out? Uh, if you were to add a 25% premium to Capcom's market value, you'd be looking at about maybe 11, 10 to $11 billion. Mm, you know, it, it's it's feasible for a company like Ubisoft Activision to, or Microsoft, of course, to make that sort of purchase. You know, you wonder what, hap- what, what, <laughs> you wonder what happens to the industry at that point when companies like Capcom are getting bought out. And, you know, we know for a fact, com- uh, EA already have a subscription. Ubisoft have a subscription. Activision will soon have a subscription. Game companies are going to do this sort of thing where it's like, oh, if you want to play our games, you have to sub to our sub service, or if you sub, you get extra perks and stuff. This is what I'm saying, like, as we're moving towards the content wars. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where the industry goes as a whole after this, what, yeah. what, what this kicks off. No, makes sense. I just hope that this doesn't do the whole... Do you remember EA was doing this for a while? 
Yes, yes, I remember. Do you remember, like, and whenever, like, something would fail, they would just shut them down. Like, they bought a lot of studios. They bought Westwood. The guys used to make Command and Conquer. They didn't, the strategy games didn't do well. They shut them down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, uh, the biggest one, most recent, is the Dead Space guys. What's that studio? Visceral. Visceral, right? Yeah. Making a big Star Wars game with Amy Hennig, a game that we were all waiting for. <laughs> and, and then the studio down. was shut down. Yeah. So I just hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Other than that, I that's don't the think fear it's of industry consolidation. You know, consolidation is not good yeah. in any industry. We know that fact. <laughs> and yeah. And then if you look at um, these studios you're talking about that were shut down, what criteria was being used for their success? Because remember, like Ruben just said, uh, was, was it you, Dennis, that um, one of these indie guys said for once he didn't have to care about finances. Mm -hmm. Maybe the reason why those guys were shut down was because their measuring stick was sales. Um, sales. But with, these, with, with the model that uh, Microsoft wanted to use, which is a subscription-based model, and that thrives on content, maybe the more studios they have, the better and uh which lead to less shutting down of of studios uh i don't know maybe it was different back then and uh, well, now know, business models are different now yeah i think that's that uh, you know that's where you come into the question of uh, netflix you look at some of the companies and stuff which make stuff for netflix and uh, I've, I've got a thread up from a reporter at Kotaku where he he says consolidation leads to more consolidation. Yes, fair enough. But having, you know, having the companies which, having le more companies dictate the content, you know, more publishers mm, affect what gets greenlit by these, by these publishers. Because, you know, the, because like, uh, mm, as for example, you talk about the, the Sony template in quotes. Mm -hmm. Do you think that with consolidation of the industry that there's a possibility that you have, you know, you look for what makes gets the most engagement, if I can say that. Oh, so like, so like the content will suffer because it will no longer be for quality to be like looking for the, like, like I said, with the bread box, the meme thing. Yes, yes. Like the, the memeiest thing will be made. <laughs> Mm -hmm. or you know or it leads to stuff which needs uh, in our purchases but in, to sustain over a long period of time or in general what i'm asking is if industry consolidation continues to go forward do you think the quality of content will be affected um let's 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 use netflix as a barometer they still have to do that whole prestige thing right i don't know if for them it's a, a case of you know, all these Hollywood people stick their nose up at Netflix and say that's the ghetto. Like, no, there's no art on Netflix. You know, they just make stuff for clicks. Yeah, Hollywood so is Netflix... filled with with a lot of pretentious guys. Yes. So Netflix goes out of their way to make pretentious stuff like uh, The Crown. You know, they're really trying to like, <laughs> uh, you know, make stuff that's uh, pretentious and, and no, it is. It's very good. I love The Crown, but like. As an example, I, I think uh, th that's quality though. Like the crown is huge quality. So maybe it won't necessarily be that way. Maybe 
the studios are also going to try and one up each other now that they've got money they'll be like okay now that i can make whatever the content is now going to be more diverse like that's uh, is that game uh, that microsoft is publishing the adventure game with the, about the family on a road trip i can't recall the title but it's okay. like an, it's like a, it's like life is strange you play as a as a as a black girl you start off as like a child and then you grow into like your 20s or whatever it looks like a like a like a book kind of and that's such a really unique type of game you know uh maybe we're going to see more games like detroit more games like tell me why because you know more games like death stranding maybe you know like just different things because you finally don't have to yeah you like you don't have to care about you know like how ubisoft have worked out to a science what people want to do in a game you know they want towers they want mm-hmm. side quests they want some people or let me say critics can say oh the ubisoft formula but it's what works ghost recon sells because it works <laughs> a badlands bomb so, but yeah <laughs> yeah badlands bomb yeah but mm-hmm. like their games may yeah. be similar but it, it works so i do think that having this uh type of content uh, pipeline will will lead to more different types of games quality yeah. games even yeah i think yeah. if consolidation happens in the first years it's going to be really fun because you're going to see lots of weird concepts as you know as it's sort of new people are taking advantage of that fun of that fact and then you know as we come a bit later on as we've seen with netflix you know companies will start to pull funding because you know you realize that hey what we're getting in terms of MAU and engagement numbers active users from this game studios are not worth it compared to you know compared to another studio or whatever so that that i guess that's the fear with regards to yes. consolidation of the industry that's the fear Yeah, but yeah. with the with regards to what Microsoft is doing, Microsoft in general, you know, following that bad spell under Don Matrix, I feel like they are one of the best places for one of the best companies to acquire is Microsoft because they 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 are really handling their studios pretty well. They're letting them do what they want. everyone has nothing but nice things to say we only hear bad things about microsoft's internal studios from 343 we don't hear any bad things from anyone else it's just 343 we hear you know that things aren't the best there but in general microsoft acquiring studios you know things 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 are good when you get acquired by microsoft and i think for bethesda this is a very good move for them you know, the their studios arcane games so terribly but yep <laughs> with this sort of move you know you get that feeling of safety that no under microsoft arcane will be fine it's when the other guys start sniffing like activision and ea that you get scared but right now i think bethesda <laughs> bethesda are in good hands at with xbox even reminded me um what happens with uh, stadia because Bethesda really like most the they, they say Stadia. all their games will be on Stadia. Yeah, so like what cats now? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not, it's not from just dead. 
Yeah, it's a dead platform unless Google say, oh, okay, fine, we're going to buy Take Two. And then, you know, then then you look at things and like, that sucks. Okay. That sucks. Now, take that back. You guys are talking about an arms race. Can't Google or Take Two. That would be so bad. Ish. I would actually be very mad. Imagine. changes gaming, man. I would be so mad. Imagine the, the, looking the doors have been behind Stadia. The doors have been opened. Is this what I'm saying? <laughs> nah. <laughs> that would suck. Ish. Yeah, yeah God, God forbid. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the sort of thing. Like, oh, let's say Amazon buys Stadia. You know, they're also trying to get into gaming. You know, not doing well. But, you know, it's the sort of thing that... Yeah, sorry, Amazon might take too. It's the sort of thing that can happen, you know, when big corporations start smelling the money in gaming, Dennis, you talk about this a lot, that hey, gaming has got big money. So, you know, when when the money starts to be shown, Microsoft have paid more for Bethesda than Disney paid for Star Wars. That goes to show that, hey, look, there's money yeah, to that's be made true, here. Huh? Nearly twice as much. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Ish. Corporations are corporations. They, they do what they have to do. <laughs> But let's not hope that happens, man. Because ah, you really don't want that to happen. Nah, it, it better not. It really better not. Do you think though that other publishers will start trying to take over other publishers? Like, like we mentioned, like Tencent. Do you think Tencent will want to, um, like have an umbrella, like put put say Capcom into Activision Blizzard? It's very, it's very possible. Very possible that no, you know the likes of Epic Games. I actually think Sega is doable. Sega seems like the right Actually, now is like it's, the it's, most it's the complete one. opposite because Sega has got many businesses outside of gaming. Oh, so they're like Konami kind of. Yeah, they've got lots of casinos and all those sorts of things. So it's kind of tricky to buy. But you know, purely gaming companies or ga- companies which are really focused on Koei Tecmo, especially, I worry for them. I think either Nintendo or Sony will come sniffing. Yeah, before I forget, uh, do you think there's a play Microsoft can make to get into the Japanese market? They're, they've got Tango Gameworks just now. But it was in Tango Gameworks made as a Japanese company that appeals to Western audiences. Do you remember that whole... Do you remember, I don't know if you recall this, uh, the creator of Fizz at one point was saying uh, Japanese games suck. Do you remember that stuff? I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah, I remember I, I, I semi-remember it. Yeah, and then that was when Shinji Mikami, I think he had just come off of, uh, what is that weird game he made with, uh... What, Vanquish? Not Vanquish, it was, it was like a horror game, but like Vanquish a jokey one. Game. It was, it was Suda51, Shinji Mikami, uh, like they collaborated in a game. Okay, it so felt like, it, 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 yeah, but basically like, Japanese games at that time were, they were trying too hard to appeal to the West because they were not selling as much. So that's why they were making games like uh, Lost Planets, Binary that Domain. That 2013's Devil May Cry. Yeah, so at that time, they were trying to make Western games and then that's how Shinji Mikami made Chanko came out to be like, no, I can make prop, like I can I can do your job, I can, I can go into your market and be better than you, kind of. <laughs> That 2013 Devil May Cry was to appeal to Western gamers. Yes, it was. Yeah. 
it was wow wow that's ridiculous look uh, the i know both of you are fans of that game and even though i like the game i'm not a fan of the game i think it's a good game but i'm not a fan of it i'd love mm. us for i'd like i'd love for us to have an episode discussing that whole debacle but i think <laughs> let's you know, <laughs> As a DMC fan boy, I know exactly what you mean when you say you like the game, but you know, Gibako. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, there's, there's, there's we can do a post mortem for that game. There's a lot that has to be said. But, wow. Mm-hmm. So, I like the game, but I'm not a fan of the game. It's a very weird position, but I'd love for us to actually have an episode discussing that game alone. But you know. <laughs> The, Kevin, the best example I can give yeah. you is it's the Metal Gear Survive of DMC. Does that make uh, sense? No, that's that's too much, man. That's... No, as in, not, it doesn't suck, but it feels like that to Devil May Cry fans. That's exactly how mm. it feels like. At least, okay, <laughs> so, so Revengeance, not, uh, not Survive. Come no, on. Metal Gear fans love Revengeance. Yeah, but then it's... What, is it canon? Yeah, Re- Revengeance is canon. It's actually the last... Canon entry in the series, like uh, oh, chronologically. Like, I, but anyway, regardless, regardless, yeah. I feel uh, most people don't associate it to. I mean, like you guys are into the uh, into Metal Gear, whereby you follow the entire story, no matter how confusing it is. Mm-hmm. But someone like me, if I look at it from face value, I'll, I'll look at Revengeance as a you know spin off of some. Or, yeah, it is, or, it, is, it is a spin off, but it's you know like. Uh, it, it's got a certain appeal to it that, uh, that it's got the Metal Gear dumbness down. Yeah, like it, it it understood the dumb stuff of Metal Gear and did it correctly. <laughs> Metal Gear is really cheesy. It's really dumb. It's anime as hell. Re- Revengeance gets that down. You know, still like I I like DMC DMC a lot. So yeah, <laughs> it's a good it, game. Uh... I I believe it's a good game. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. uh, we were saying that mm-hmm. uh, will Microsoft try and break into the Japanese market? I don't think they will do it via studios, but they'll probably just try and position it via xCloud. They'll try and say, oh, look, $15 a month you play on your phone. Since the Japanese market doesn't, Japanese market hates PlayStation and Xbox now. Right now, Japanese gamers prefer to play on handheld. They just want to play on Nintendo Switch. Because they don't like home consoles, they want handheld gaming. So Microsoft shouldn't feel a need to try and break into the Japanese market by buying a Japanese studio or anything like that. Maybe XCloud would be their way in that way, I guess. Yeah. So I know that Phil Spencer is like a weeb. Like I know he cares about a lot of funky Japanese games, and that's why he got Fantasy Star Online 2 on Xbox. So. Do you think he would make more purchases like that, which are like, you know, like, what if he gets the next Dynasty Warriors and it's exclusive to Xbox, you know, stuff like that? Do you think that would work? Mm, we don't. The thing is, a lot of Japanese developers aren't willing to give up Nintendo and PlayStation revenue for the sake of ah, whatever fact yeah, checks yeah. that Microsoft can give you. Like, for example, Fantasy Star Online 2, you said, you know, Phil has got that, but you know, it's actually coming to PS4 in Japan. It's just, it's not coming worldwide to PS4. So in the end, Whoa. they're still getting the revenue. It's just that, you know, most, yeah, most studios won't be willing to sacrifice revenue to make Japanese exports exclusive. 
because that strategy went really bad in the Xbox 360 days. Games like Lost Odyssey and whatever, they all bombed. They never got the recognition they deserved. So I, I don't think that's the play for Microsoft for Japan. It's, I mean, it's a big purchase. This Zenimax thing, I, I didn't see it coming. I didn't think it no was possible did. for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly do believe it will change the industry and the way it's run. The next E3 is going to be mad. Microsoft is going to need four hours. Because <laughs> they've just got so much content. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what do you think this does for... Um, I mean, has it been confirmed that games are $70 uh, on next gen? Because, I, I mean, this obviously adds to the value well, of Game Pass. Here's the thing. One, it's a publisher-by-publisher basis. Mm-hmm. But usually, how industries go is when one sets the trend, uh, everyone else follows. So soon we'll see $70 games across the board. But the inevitable is that Game Pass will go up in price. I don't have this, I've known this for a while. We all know this Game Pass is profitable, they can't keep it at $10. I think by 2022, Game Pass will increase in price as it approaches, you know, 30 million subscribers or whatever. So, don't you think maybe um, part of the reason they have this whole Xbox access is to, you know, uh, Xbox All Access is to, I don't know, try and cover for some of that amount? Because, I mean, if you're paying, what, $34 over 24, over 24 months, that's way, way more than uh, uh, $500 in it. And way yeah, more than it, how much you pay. No, when you combine it, 35 times 24 is 840 If Basically, if you get a Series X via All Access, you're paying $840. If you get a Series X via a Series X plus Game Pass, normally you're paying 860 So you actually save. So here's here's how I think Game Pass. Game Pass may not be making a profit per se, but shareholders don't care about long-term profit like that. Then they, they look at this quarter, they see how we're doing. Ah, we've got money. Ah, it's definitely going to come. So what, what makes shareholders um, comfortable with Game Pass is that you have a guaranteed, you say, look, I've got 15 million people who are paying $15 for this a month for, for the period of this quarter guaranteed i'm not promising you like saying oh I'm, I'm going to have halo halo is probably going to sell 10 million no not probably there are 15 million people who are absolutely paying 15 dollars a month so you as a shareholder you are definitely with without come what may you're going to make this much money and that's what makes them yeah it's what makes them happy so microsoft phil spencer doesn't have to care about profits on Game Pass. He's made Game Pass is kind of his his crutch to make the shareholders happy. He he can no longer he knows he's somehow he's he doesn't have to listen to those guys anymore. You know? Yeah okay anyway it's my opinion that Game Pass pricing will increase. It's debatable. The value guys the value you how much we pay and what we're getting. Even now before the acquisition, I still think <laughs> still the best, paying, man. It was the best value yeah. in gaming before. It's the best exactly. value in gaming times two now. So now, yeah. yeah. So it's like absolutely yeah. now. I I, I sure. feel like to go up, but you know, the, the, we can that stuff for the future. 
we can only wait and see but i, I do want to come back to what kevin asked like the whole because i know sony i feel sony oh, their games will be 70 isn't it their first party games yes they will yeah they will yeah. have microsoft confirmed that their first party games will be 70 well they have to they have to release the first party game first they don't have any scheduled until oh next year oh my goodness <laughs> you need to be petty bro that's petty <laughs> he, he set himself up for that but yes uh, the thing is halo was set to be cross gen uh, the assumption right now is microsoft's first fully next gen game is going to be uh, forza motorsport so we'll wait to see the pricing for that uh, Sony have but Sony's first next gen game is uh, what's this? It's Demon Souls, so that one's seventy. But their cross gen game, Sackboy, is sixty. So we'll see. We just have to wait until Microsoft, Xbox Game Studios release their first Series S slash X only game to see what pricing they adopt for that. Do you think it would be a power play to release their next gen games at 60? They do that then. It's leaving money on the table. And I don't mm. I and I but don't then. think No, no, listen. I don't think the goodwill and PR you gain is worth the money you lose because you're already offering the game for $10 on Game Pass. So, in fact, you just make Game Pass look more enticing if your game is $70. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, okay. if you put it that way. So, that way. We'll, we'll wait for Forza to come out sometime next year. Halo was probably going to be $60 because it's cross-gen title. Psychonauts will be the same, so we'll wait and see. At the end of the day, I mean, in as much as people will subscribe for Game Pass, there's still guys that will get games uh, that are on Game Pass. And I will say, if you if, if you own an Xbox and you're actually buying the first party games, you're kind of, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, just sub to Game Pass, bro. <laughs> but, dude, there are people, for, okay, what if you have, like, what if you, like, for example, me, uh, when it comes to Forza, yeah, the games are on Game Pass, but then there's what, I mean, if you need the DLCs and whatnot, and sometimes the best deals you can get uh when you when you get the ultimate edition right you know, that's a very good point yeah. so, exactly so there's also that so i think that's where they also try and cut it for the money that you said um they don't make because of how cheap uh the game pass is so they'll still they'll still make sales maybe not as much as they would without the, without the service but i still think there'll be a decent amount of that they'll be making. Yeah, because you know, yeah, they've got what 50 million Xbox Ones against 15 million subscribers. So there's 35 million people who are not very wise at the moment. So that's <laughs> <laughs> your sub. Kevin is sub to Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. Kevin is one of the wise people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that... Game Pass and EA Play, I make sure. I mean, that, those... And now you don't even have to pay for EA Play. <laughs> you know, uh, that news was massive. That was massive. And uh, But then now, I think, when is PlayStation Collection coming? Because that I'll definitely also subscribe. Uh, that's just the day one bonus for PS5. So you're telling me those games, uh, let's say if I want to play Days Gone, I can only play it on PS5? No, you can buy a PS4 copy. You can play it via backwards compatibility. You can play it on a PS4 
Or if you're subbed to PS Plus, you get it as part of the PS Plus when PS5 launches. It's just part of PS Plus. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty dope. I, 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 as, as someone who's not played many of those exclusives, for me, that's, yeah. that was a major announcement. Because like, with Days Gone that I, I want to play, um, there's, uh, what do you call that other game? Persona anyway, 5, so right? Many... Persona 5, right? Kevin is not a weeb. <laughs> No, Persona 5, no, unfortunately, it just looks like it's too much for me. Like, no, <laughs> I, you're fine, don't worry. I love Persona 5, but I, I wouldn't force anyone to play games that are for weeps. Dude, people play that game twice. I'm like, why are you doing that to yourself? I don't understand. Bruh, Robin, <laughs> didn't you play like a special edition or something? And it's even in like your game mobile. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, me, I can't play such a game. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. I, I wouldn't force weep stuff. Weebery is a very bad hole to go down in. I say that as someone who's a Ooh, weeb. Weebery. See, is there, I guess, is there anything else to touch on with regards to this acquisition? Any extra thoughts? Anything we you feel we should touch on? Uh, I just want to say Phil Spencer Idolo. That's all. That's, <laughs> Phil that's what I want to say. Uh, that, guy, that, that guy is my dad. He doesn't know it, but he is. Because, like, my goodness. I just love what he's done for Xbox, man. Because pre, what, 20, when did he get appointed? 2018, 2017? 17, I believe. Yeah, ever since then, I don't know. He just, he just made everything so much better on our side, man. I can proudly because you know before then i tried like okay guys i've tried robin you can you can you can attest i tried to be the guy who was you know no both sony xbox. and 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 xbox uh you know uh for the gamers let's enjoy both but ever since phil came and ever since he started doing what he's been doing i have reason to be an xbox one boy now because like you know the things that i can show up about yeah, when it comes to game pass so like for me this announcement is massive because the value on game pass now is it's just through the roof man and um in as much as we're trying to say that it's not in sony's uh business model the subscription based uh whatever service item i think i think now it's going to be in the back of their minds i don't know that's just my prediction i think they'll try and look at the, they'll try and look at maybe revamping ps now or making uh, that ps plus collection thing maybe changing the model or something i don't know i think they're going to think about it yeah no i yeah. i agree with you like the, the it, this is definitely have had had them shook like if you look at the reaction of everyone online they actually went through the different stages there was this relief grief anger what like it's like it's that big you're like i don't understand what's going on how how do I wrap my head around this? Because <laughs> it's now imagine, yeah. imagine what, the, and we're just fans. Now imagine what a Sony executive is thinking. Like, wow, what is happening? So it's definitely going to be in the back of their their, their minds. And I just like to say, as an OG Phil Spencer fanboy, <laughs> as a man who caught in video game Jesus, and people were like, ah, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just say like. Um, uh, listen to his uh, Giant Bomb E3 uh, interviews. 
he always it was tradition like every e3 he would go to giant bomb and do a like a, a two hour interview with them very candid you know you know how most uh, businessmen speak in interviews they use business speak you know like not answering direct questions stuff like that Bruce Spencer would not do that he's asked a direct question he'll answer it directly and you know no bs and i really really appreciated that and it it made me understand that this guy really cares not just for xbox he actually cares about gaming like he really really does i feel like if he had the chance he would put game pass on playstation you know like he really would like not and not just for fans or whatever like he really cares about the industry and i hope we have more um executives like him here's to hoping peter moore the genius of liverpool comes back to video games <laughs> and uh, and saves us yeah he quit yep. he, he, his tenure is up be interesting to yeah. see anyway i think uh, i think that's it for this emergency episode we've touched yep. on a lot of points regarding this industry changing announcement if you don't play games at least maybe keep an eye out for the business side of the industry because it's going to be really interesting to see in the coming years and you will remember today 21st September 2020 as the day that kicked it all off that's it from me see you on the next episode of the Nerd Otaku podcast continue sharing giving us your feedback and thank you for listening to go back to the conference a little bit. Yeah. Uh, how does Fantasy Star Online 2 make its way into yes. a press conference? It's, it's, it is 2019. I think that game came out in 2012. No, no. I think Fantasy Star 1 was oh, on well. original. Oh, yeah. Fantasy Star well, on- Online 1. Yeah, okay. okay so right. my story on that, and obviously Sega, well, Sega's primarily, resp- ultimately, responsible for it. I go to Japan fairly often now and I meet with all the publishers and I'd go to see Sega and I and I'm sure they were getting it from other places. So I'm not trying to say this is because of me. But I was like well, they've been getting it from other places yeah, for a good, while. Good. So and I just said, you know, so many of the constructs in today's multiplayer games mm-hmm. it used to be like you know all great things came from quake like we've all heard right. that before yeah, yeah. and i said like so many of the the constructs in today's online console games were born in fantasy star and 90% of the gamers today don't know what a fantasy star online is right so like the, and it was a little bit like with capcom with monster hunter like monster hunter is one of the coolest brand, like franchise names in the world and mm-hmm. nobody nobody's too strong there yeah. but a lot of people outside didn't know about it so it was great in those conversations fantasy star so it's just like that's the that's the team i want to talk to i don't mm. usually spend as much time with like the ceo types it's usually just like let me sit down with the studios and play games yeah and i want to sit down with fantasy star team and tell me where you are what are your seasons and hey how could we support you